Hi, this is Aaron from Funny Books with Aaron and Polly, and welcome to an all-new feature here at IdeologyOfMadness.com, Superman with Aaron and Polly. It's been 75 years since Siegel and Schuster gave the world their Superman in the pages of Action Comics number 1. For more than seven decades, the Man of Steel has inspired stories told in comics, radio, novels, TV shows, and movies. This podcast, appearing monthly here on IOM, will feature your Funny Books friends talking about the Man of Tomorrow. For this, our inaugural episode, we provide commentary on the three-part Superman the Animated Series pilot, The Last Son of Krypton. Plus, we talk about the new extended Man of Steel trailer and the new fighting game for Xbox and PS3, Injustice, Gods Among Us. And if that weren't enough, we unveil our all-new Superman contest. There's lots to love about that strange visitor from another planet, and this is your place to hear us do just that. We hope you enjoy it. And I'm Paul. I'm super excited. Are you super excited? <laughs> you know, that, that that was an unintentional pun, what, but what, yeah. What, was your excitement rocketed to Earth from the dying planet Krypton and under our, our world's yellow sun, you're, you have excitement far beyond that of mortal men? Is that, that what you're saying? That's exactly what I'm saying. That's what I thought. <laughs> <laughs> so this is the first episode of uh, Superman with Aaron and Polly. Uh, is that our official title? We're that not is, going with Superman with Paul and Aaron this time? Oh, no, it's Aaron and Polly. I mean, you know, that's what people expect, Paul. It, it's really not Paul with Superman and Aaron? <clears throat> <laughs> I I would record that show. If you could get Kal-El here, I'm all over that. Okay, right. We'll get Nicolas Cage. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> so what we're – the purpose of this show is that Aaron and I are going to basically – uh, I think we're talking about once a month, roughly, um, release an episode. You know, th- this is going to be a big year for Superman. We've got a Man of Steel movie coming out, and DC's kind of focusing a lot on their Superman line. So what we're going to do is we're going to kind of get together, talk about our favorite Superman in media, favorite Superman graphic novels, things like that. And um, for our initial episode, uh, the one you're listening to now, we're actually going to do an audio commentary for the first three episodes of the 1996 Superman animated series. Um, uh, The uh, first three episodes uh, originally aired as a pilot movie back in uh, September of 1996 um, and titled The Last Son of Krypton. Now, if you're listening along um, with the episodes, we are actually doing the audio commentary for the three separate episodes that come with the animated series set, um, not with the movie version that was released separately for like, and you can still get that for like nine ninety nine, but um, we're actually doing the separate episodes because that's probably a little more common. So, Paul, yes, sir. Do you remember when you saw this the first time? I do actually. Um, so, you know, 
Superman the Animated Series uh, premiered on Kids WB. Uh, like I said, back in September 1996. If you don't remember the the WB, um, the WWWB, the WWWB, Michigan J Frog was the mascot. <laughs> it was back in 1995, January 1995, that the WB started, and um, there was there were actually two separate TV stations, the WB and UPN, that both premiered that year. And eventually, they both realized our ratings aren't high enough to be separate. Let's combine, and now they're the CW. Um, but at the time, there were two separate networks, and the WB started up, and um, based on the popularity of Batman, the animated series, the Bruce Tim Paul Dini Batman animated series, they decided to do a Superman animated series to uh, to start on the WB, kind of bring folks into that kids WB thing that they were just starting. I remember being tremendously excited when I heard the news. I was too. Because while you know I really enjoy Batman, I am at my heart and soul a Superman guy. You know, I think a lot of folks are. You know, I I I, I am too. And um, when this was announced, I was just psyched. And you know, it, it, I know. Um, you know, and this was pre-internet, really. I mean, 1996. You know, you got your news from magazines and stuff like that. And you know, there was a little bit of internet. There were message boards. I mean, there was internet, obviously. Yeah, yeah. There was AOL. There's was bulletin you know, board systems and FidoNet and all of that kind yeah, of fun stuff. Yeah. Dialing in, you yeah. know, on AOL. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I, do you remember it premiered? In fact, what we're recording it premiered originally as a Last of Krypton movie. Yes. Um, rather than the three separate episodes. And I remember recording it on VHS mm-hmm. and watching it and watching it and watching it. I mean, I, I, I think I wore that thing out. Yeah. What we're I watched have... that more than my copy of Filthy Fuckers, Volume 23, Fuck Me Till I Scream. <laughs> <laughs> So explicit tag on the <laughs> How do you how do you come back from that? How do you uh, how do you, Paul? Come on, let's see you do it. <laughs> so so Batman the animated series was really popular on the Fox. Uh, you know, on the Fox. On Fox uh and so they they did the Superman, it was redesigned. Batman had taken a break at that point, I believe, from Fox. In fact, um midway through Superman's run or what people typically classify as the second season is when Batman came back and it started with a uh, Batman Superman crossover uh, called world's finest, which we'll probably cover in a future episode. Mm. Um, but you know, for uh, the first year or so it was just Superman. You know I mean? There was, I think repeats of Batman on Fox, but you know, th- they were really focusing their attention on this Superman cartoon. And uh, you know, it, it kind of, I'd say even more so than Batman, the animated series, I think Superman is what started to lead the way to what eventually became Justice League and Justice League Unlimited and all of those. Oh, sure. Yeah, because Superman was, a you know, Batman, the animated series, was more of a closed universe to Gotham. You know, that the, the, they really just limited the, the footprint of the character to Gotham, it seemed. Whereas, you know, the Superman animated series didn't have a problem reaching out to other aspects of, of, the, of the DC universe. Well, and it featured other heroes, too. Right. You know, um, they had Flash in an episode. Uh, they had Green Lantern. Um, obviously, Batman came in. You know, it was, you know, Batman was very much done as a result of the Tim Burton movies. Right. You know, Superman wasn't really tied in, didn't have to mirror the appearance of sure. any particular other media. 
and as a result, I think it was. Now, I, you know, I think it was more successful. Actually. I can't. I can't remember, Paul. Which came first, um, the Superman animated series or Lois and Clark, the TV show? It's mm, a good question. I believe Lois and Clark came first, and that and and because uh, I was I was thinking about this the other day. You know, uh, is it Terry Hatcher, her <laughs> character as Lois, that that coined the Smallville? Uh, nickname for Clark, which they then carried over into this. It is okay. Actually. That's well, what I, I mean, thought. It, it might have happened in the comics, but I don't recall. I don't think it ever it. happened in the comics until after. I because as a as a hardcore Superman reader, particularly during this period, um, I don't recall that that Lois ever called him Smallville until after it was already on the screen. Yeah, in fact, it was uh, 1993 that Lois and Clark premiered. Okay, okay. Now, did you watch Lois and Clark? You know. Lois and Clark suffered for me what a lot of uh, Superman television has suffered or superhero television has suffered from, particularly uh, prior to the 2000s, is that there weren't other super people on the screen with them. And so I always had a hard time kind of, you know, enjoying Superman beating up cops and robbers. Mm-hmm. Um, so I watched it here and there. I watched it more the first season than any of the subsequent seasons. Um, but did though I enjoyed uh, uh, Dean Kane in the Superman suit, I can't say that I really enjoyed the Lois and Clark series. No, I'm, I'm with you on that. I, you know, it um, it certainly wasn't as impressionable on me as the Flash TV series, which sure. didn't last anywhere near as long, and I felt was far better. Yeah, far and away better. Yeah, yeah. I mean, every time I see that guy. Uh, you know, because he's he's Dawson's dad from Dawson's yeah, Creek. Also. Absolutely. Yeah. And every time I see him, I'm like, dude, it's the Flash. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, and I, and I, I know you and I disagree on this, but the Birds of Prey live action television show I thought was was really very good for its time and did a really good job of establishing Gotham as a setting um, and, and that there were other like people, you know, there there were other people like. The Birds of Prey, you know, Black Canary and Batgirl and, you know, who a Batgirl wasn't in it, the Huntress uh, in that series, you know, particularly since she even got a little cameo of the Joker in the opening episode. But uh, Lois and Clark, you know, while I think they nailed the supporting cast and, you know, I think for the I, I'll honestly say I think the uh, Terry Hatcher as Lois was the first time I ever understood why Superman might be into Lois. Agreed. You know? Agreed. Because I, I, I never sacrilege here. And, uh, you know, it's something we'll talk about more when we do that, because we have discussed we are going to do the Donner Superman. Yeah. Is um, never, never liked What's-Her-Face. Yeah. Mar- uh, Margot Kidder. Yeah. I certainly understood, you know, why why Clark Kent slash Superman slash Kal-El was charmed in certain respects by by Lois's spunk, you know, in, in the uh, Richard Donner films. Mm-hmm. But never understood the magnetic attraction he had to her because she just seemed so not feminine, you know. And it's yeah. a product of the time. And we'll talk to it, talk about it at that time. But you know, the the Lois from Lois and Clark, played by Terry Hatcher, you know, had charm. Had you know, obviously a very attractive woman. Uh, you know, was good at what she did. I mean, I, she she was kind of all that in a bag of chips, even though she she had that Terry Hatcher quality to her of being a little bit dippy at times. Yeah. Um, but that brings us to Dana Delaney as Lois in the Superman animated series. And, yeah. oh, my God, I think she, Dana Delaney is really my Lois. Absolutely. And you know what's funny? She I, I think she could have. I mean, maybe not now. 
But I think at the time, she actually probably would have been a believable live action. Lois. Absolutely. Yeah, she's a little long in the tooth now. But, a long uh, in the tooth. <laughs> yeah, but you know, in, in the time that this was shot back in the 90s, absolutely, she would have been mm-hmm. a perfect Lois Lane. Just like, I'm sorry, Tim Daly would have been a perfect Superman. Yeah, you know, it, it, they chose actors who really could have played Clancy Brown as yeah. Lex Luthor. You know, they chose actors who really could have played the parts in live action. Yeah. But, you know, their voices were just perfect. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, that all said, maybe we should start watching this show. Yeah, because I do want to talk a little bit about uh, this first episode. <laughs> a little bit. I want to talk a lot about this first episode. Okay, so I have uh, Bugs Bunny uh, about to chomp on his carrot with uh, the Warner Brothers uh, big shield up there, and I am hitting play right now. As am I. And here we go. The rocket has taken off from Krypton. And <laughs> oh, so, no, oh, no. <laughs> so, you know, this is one thing that I. I didn't like about this series. What about? Um, is that their uh, their opening credits were a uh, a clip thing? Oh, you know, whereas Batman had like an original animated thing. Sure. Yeah. It, it it always bugged me that Superman didn't, and yeah. I don't know why. It was just a little thing. You know, in, in fact, in one of the things we were talking about before we started recording that probably good to talk about here is um, you know, finding information on Superman the animated series. Is a lot harder. <laughs> yeah, you know, I when in preparation for our conversation, I, I was attempting to do research, which is something I just don't do for funny books. You know, as anyone who listens can tell. <laughs> uh, but I, I, there is precious little out there about the making of this show versus uh, what you can find out there on Batman the Animated Series. Yeah, I, I, I know people. And the uh, titles have just come up: The Last Son of Krypton, Part One. Yep, same here. Okay. So. You know, I I agree. I, I think it's it's funny how underappreciated in the long term this show is. But everyone who remembers it and who's seen it loves it. But it's just not as well appreciated as Batman or even Justice League. Right, right. I, but, uh, it, it, I and I have to say, I mean, I I love I love the Batman animated series. But uh, you know, in my heart of hearts. I'm a Superman guy, and I just love how original this was. You know, I got so excited when I when I heard that that this a lot of the same creative talent was going to be involved in this uh, because they did such a remarkable job re-envisioning Batman. I mean, certainly it was inspired by the Tim Burton films, but uh, uh, they really made Batman their own thing. And then the, that same team, or much of that same team, came over uh, for Superman and did the same damn thing. I mean, yeah. just you know, completely re envisioned it. And even though there are elements, you know, there are elements in the in the in this opening uh, on Krypton that are reminiscent of both the live action Superman film from the '70s with Christopher Reeve, as well as John Byrne's uh, uh, reimagining of of Superman back in the '80s. Yeah, you know, and um, what you're well, he's not talking at this very moment, but uh, Jor El. <laughs> Uh, the voice of Jor-El is Christopher McDonald yep. um, from The Faculty and Happy Gilmore and The Iron Giant, Thumb and Louise. He's been in a ton of stuff. And, uh, you know, he actually voiced Superman um, of the future in Justice League. Oh, really? Or, I didn't know that. Yeah, in Batman Beyond. I'm sorry, in Batman oh, okay. Beyond and Justice League Unlimited. You know, when they did the Superman Beyond, uh, he, he did the voice of, uh, of old Superman. So, it... it I think he. Uh, you know, I, I think that the the fact that the first half hour of the show 
just you don't see Superman at all. It's entirely almost set on Krypton. Right. I think it's awesome. It is, and it's it's not something that that you would typically expect from a network show. You know, you would think they'd go, you know, you need Superman on the screen just as fast as he can possibly be. But, you know, for whatever reason, they they allowed these guys the opportunity to tell a Krypton story and really create an origin episode, uh, an origin movie for Superman. Which, you know, I think is probably one of the reasons why it aired the way it did as a movie. Yeah. Because, you know, I, I think it had they just aired this single episode without Superman even in it. You know, I, I think it would have been harder to connect with kids. So, you know, anybody who reads the comics, you know, knows that you know things are going to go bad from here on because Jor-El's computer is named Brainiac. You know? <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, handwriting is on the wall. Shit. Things are going to go south here pretty quick. <laughs> yeah. You know, um, this is literally my favorite interpretation of Superman's origin. Is it? Yeah, I better. I, you know, I know there have been Man of Steel, World of New Krypton. You know, the, the whole John Byrne Krypton stuff. I know Jeff Johns has done stuff. I know Mark Wade, Graham Morrison. I mean, everyone's taken a shot at Superman's origin. This is absolutely my favorite interpretation of the Superman origin, and it's primarily because of the Brainiac aspect. I think it works so well as part of his origin, as opposed to just a simple natural disaster. Brainiac helps things along. Yeah, I think yeah. It, you know it, it. It gives an emotional investment to the Brainiac character that's not previously there. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I like the interpretation of Krypton here more than I like the icy version from the Superman series or movie series. Mm-hmm. You know, I just I, I really, really just dig everything about this origin, and I, I have not read one that connects with me as much as this does. Well, I do like you know in the John Byrne uh, stories. The Krypton Kryptonians don't enjoy each other romantically or sexually. It's a very uh, stoic, non-emotional uh, type of uh, environment, and you know you can tell that there's real affection between Jor-El and and uh, uh, Laura. Uh, thank you. <laughs> I'm saying and Mrs. L. <laughs> Mrs. L. And the other L. Yes, you can tell that there's real affection between them, and they they touch and whatnot. And that's not something that you got. From uh, the John Byrne origin, you know the, yeah. the the John Byrne origin, you know it was it was a very different type of society. Well, you know, it just seems like they almost all of them go a little too cold yes. with the Kryptonians, mm-hmm. and um, you know th- it doesn't make sense for me as a fan. Oh, there's Krypton. The Krypto- <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, the, no worries. That the Kryptonians are so cold. Mm-hmm. But, you know, th- th- this guy basically goes through hell to make sure his son survives. Yeah. You know, it just doesn't, you know, it, that's why this origin just really, I mean, the character interactions, you know, they're, they're, they're basically humans on Krypton. But, you know, I, I really just appreciate everything they did with them in this. Absolutely. Absolutely. No, I, I enjoy this depiction of Krypton. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, baby Kal-El, who we saw a minute ago. Uh-huh. You know, the cutest little Superman. He's he, he's super toddler. <laughs> and those crypto. <laughs> you know, I don't remember crypto ever showing up outside of this episode. I don't know if it was just uh, maybe it was just fan service for this one episode. I don't remember if he ever actually popped up elsewhere. I don't think he did. 
I can't remember. Well, you know, as we work our way through the series, we'll 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 find that. But I don't recall him showing up elsewhere in the series. So, you know, Jor-El has identified that something's wrong with Krypton. Now, can we all talk about how in in every alien civilization where, you know, somebody's got to go and talk in front of the uh, the committee, they always are up on this gigantic pedestal far above looking down, like having to crane their heads over the edge of their desk to look down on you. Um, you know, we, we see that in, in everything like the, the, the recent Green Lantern movie where it wasn't enough that, that these guys were short and needed something to stand on. They had to be, you know, 20 feet above you. And, and we have the same thing here on Krypton. And I think this is evidence of failing societies. Well, you know, what's funny <laughs> is um, <laughs> I, I think it's interesting that all alien societies, you can just walk in and talk to the governing board. Because <laughs> I don't remember the last time Joe Blow walked into the Senate or the White House. I just was able to have a conversation. <laughs> Much less City Hall. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, I can't even walk into the, uh, the the board meeting at my job <laughs> and have this kind of conversation. But, uh, you know, a regular scientist can on now, Krypton. Now, Jor-El just said, hey, I got a big idea. Let's put everybody in the Phantom Zone. Now, I think that I would be pretty down on that as well. I think that I would say, yeah, Jor-El, have you lost your freaking mind? I'm not going into the Phantom Zone. Oh, well, I, I think uh, then you'd be dead. Nuh-uh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Phantom Zone. That Jor-El, he's, that's kooky talk, Jor-El. <laughs> you know, the designs on the, uh, the, the, the whatever, or the committee, whatever, those were pretty silly with the pointy shoulders and all uh, that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, not everything was successful in this but uh, you know that, that that was a perfect example of something that wasn't. <laughs> so we got too quiet here. Well, you know, Jor-El's having that moment with with little toddler Kal-el. Yeah, and then his wife walks up. Yeah, like you said, it's just it's nice to see them. I'm not saying like get all physical and stuff, but. You know, they're emotional with each other. Yeah, they're affectionate with each other. Affectionate. Yeah, that's yeah. the word I was looking for. Yeah, yeah, they're affectionate. And it's nice to see when – and, you know, I'm sure that if you've not read all the other interpretations of the origins of uh, Superman or seen him on film, that probably doesn't strike you as much. But, you know, as, as someone who grew up with the John Byrne interpretation, um, you know, and keep in mind, this was only done about 10 years after John Byrne did his thing. Yeah, yeah, you know? roughly about 10 years. You know, and what's – which is funny because Super Batman animated hit at the perfect time for me growing up. Uh-huh. And I, I, you know, I'm going to be upfront and honest and say I didn't appreciate the Superman animated series until I wouldn't say long after, but probably years after its initial airing, mm-hmm. more when it was in reruns, because it kind of hit at that point in my life where girls were more important than <laughs> cartoons and comic books. Uh huh. So, um. So generally your 30s, is that what you're talking about? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> no, you know, once I grew out of that, I was um. able to appreciate the show. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, you know, I – so I, I, I remember watching this, and I remember watching certain episodes when they started. I did not watch it consistently. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and, and I'll say the same. I, I was not catching it, you know, every week. You know, or, or, or every every episode. I mean, I saw most of this. Heck, I saw most of this on uh, DVD. 
you know, is yeah, when, when, I, when I saw the entire series. I, I know there are definitely episodes that I never saw until they were on DVD. Right. The same with the uh, the new Batman Adventures. In fact, I would say more than half of the new Batman Adventures, which is the show they did after this, in you know, in this newer, more streamlined style. Um, you know, I'd say over half of it I didn't see on its initial airing. Yeah, I didn't, no, I would, I agree. I'm exactly the same. So you know, so much like every comic fan expected, Brainiac is a bad guy. I, you know, I I just I, I felt certain that that he was going to to emerge the good guy in this one. Yeah, <laughs> but, it, but it's those ominous three blinking lights. I mean, you just you know <laughs> that can't be good. But you know that, that that's part. This is why I like this origin so much. I mean, Brainiac didn't have necessarily anything to do. Well, yeah, he did. He you know he he didn't have anything to do with the destruction of Krypton, but he basically didn't help them either. You right. Know, well, he, he saved himself. It, yeah. Yeah. And and was more interested in preserving the knowledge and culture of Krypton than the actual Kryptonians themselves. Agreed. And you know that's Brainiac. Yeah. And I, why don't I have one of these flying cycles, Paul? Uh, because you're not Kryptonian, Aaron. I just I, I need one of these little hovering uh, fly cycles. I need one. You know, watching this, and it's been quite a while since I've seen this. Um, I, I'm noticing a lot of dust on the prints. Oh yeah, I mean this. Both this and uh, the Batman animated series are in dire need of uh, cleaning up. Yeah, but I mean, you know, they'd have to go back to the original prints and all that, and you know, I think or, I'm fine know, with that. To do a lot of work, they would have to do a lot of work on it, and I think that's probably why we'll never, well, we won't see these on Blu-ray anytime soon, if we ever do. I really hope we do because I, I would, I, I think the animation is so pretty in, in both of these series that uh, they would warrant a Blu-ray representation. But I gotta tell you, you know, I watch these on, uh, I think it's Kaboom. Uh, kaboom uh, quite frequently and i mean they look like ass you know i'm recording them in hd and they just look like ass now this is actually better than what i'm getting on cable on the dvd set but they the the uh, colors are not nearly as sharp uh as they ought to be yeah no agreed it's there there could be so much done yeah to, to get these better looking you know in fact the other day um i bought justice league season two on Blu-ray, uh, I think it was on sale for like <clears throat> like twenty bucks on Amazon. Yeah, and I'm pretty psyched about that. And so, you know, you will believe that a man can slide down a building. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I would love to hear about where they took inspiration on some of these designs. And you know, that's the tricky part. You know, no matter how much you research it. It, there's not much out there, you right. know, unless you get. I mean, because again, the articles at the time were all in magazines and mm-hmm. stuff like that, and so trying to get some of that information just not easy. You know, I have a um, an awesome, gorgeous book called Batman Animated, uh, sitting on my bookshelf upstairs. Soft cover book goes into the intricacies of every design. And oh, all really? That. Yeah, it, it. I would highly recommend picking it up it, it talks it's all about the initial animated series it doesn't go into um batman beyond but it's all about batman and how you know what went into all the designs the character designs the background designs, how it was all done um you know with you know commentary by bruce tim and, and the creators and it's just a fantastic book and it bugs me that they never did a superman edition yeah 
So here we are. You know, uh, Jor-El has been has, – has, has escaped the city. The uh, police are after him because Brainiac has said that you know he was an intruder and whatnot. And you know they've run out of time, and they're gonna have to put Kal-El into the rocket and ship him off to uh, to Earth. You know, so it's that it's that that decision that you got to make. Are are you willing to to you know sacrifice yourself and shoot your kid off into the uncertainty of space? You know, are, are can you do that? You know, you know, I mean, because he could just die even slowly out there. But at least that's he right. Has a chance. Or he now, could be. I mean, you know, we, we've seen those things. You know, what if Superman landed in 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 Russia and we get the Red Sun storyline? Or you know, I think there was an Elseworlds where he landed in Gotham. You know. Yeah. Um. But you know, there, crypto the the Kryptonians are smart. They know there's other alien races out there. What if he'd been intercepted? You know, what if yeah. the Manhunters had found him, or you know, the Anti Monitor, or any number? Or Lobo. What if yeah. it was Baby Lobo? Yeah, oh, I see an Elseworlds in our <laughs> But I mean, uh, any number of things could have happened to him. It, you know, it, it's it's a miracle, Paul, that he made it to Kansas. <laughs> I think that's the point. Uh, yes. <laughs> now, um, this character Sylvan, the Laura's dad, uh-huh. or Lara, um, is he a comic book character? Are you? I, I'm. You know, I've read World of New Krypton not in years, right? And I don't remember if he's a real character, but I'm. Sh- I mean, you know, I'm sure Lara had a father somewhere in the comic books at some point. I'm sure, but I don't think he was ever really a major character. Yeah, not like he is here. Yeah, and I love the uh, the Kryptonian police. Oh yeah, their X-ray vision. Look out! <laughs> I, I still I need me a fly cycle. Well, we'll get right on that. Thank you. <laughs> and they and they have like regular looking guns, uh-huh. but they're ray guns. But so I mean, it, I've not seen a Superman origin like this. I mean, like I said, all, everyone has done a, an interpretation of it, but just the the way <laughs> airbags, um, <laughs> Kryptonian airbags, <laughs> Kryptonian airbags. But just you know the the characters in it, the way you know the the kind of the build up that there's this urgency because the police are after him, and you know I mean there's the urgency of the planet blowing up, obviously. But now, Paul, what do you think of the design of the uh, rocket ship? I like it actually. I do too. You know the uh, John Byrne rocket ship. You know had that that uh, big big oval sphere at the beginning. Uh, they they call it like the Matrix Chamber or whatever. Yeah. Uh, and I like how retro this rocket looks, you know, cause it looks like a rocket, you know, it's not the big crystal snowball that, uh, that, uh, Christopher Reeve was launched to earth in. Yeah. That's, you know, that, that, that freaking snowflake, you know, <laughs> I, 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 I don't like the interpretation of Krypton, Krypton as this icicle. Well, you know, you it's know. that whole seventies crystal new age bullshit stuff that they had going on. And, and I don't get me wrong. I love the, 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 uh, Christopher Reeve, uh, Superman and Superman two movies, but uh, you know I the the crystal bit is is a little dated. Yeah, well, and they used it in Smallville too, which bugged the shit out of me. Yeah. you know, I just I just don't like that that vis- I don't like it visually. Yeah, you know, I, I like the Art Deco look of this. I like that yeah. you know th- this Krypton looks like a strange advanced world, not like a whole bunch of crystals. You yeah, know? it doesn't, and it's not cold. Just, well, it looks like what you would imagine, like a 1940s Art Deco sci-fi planet, you know? 
Who's that character? Because th- this reminds me of uh, Adam Strange. Yeah. You know, the, the art direction that you saw in the Adam Strange book. And, and again, it's that kind of, you know, pulpy art deco kind of look to it. Yeah, it's just it, – I, I just really appreciate that they did that with the design. And I know that was – you know, they came off of Batman and stuff like that. But Ah, ah the world's burning. Ah! <laughs> I'm very grateful. In fact, you know, what's funny. Um, had they done that uh, Superman Lives Tim Burton movie, uh-huh. I, I'd imagine that this would look a lot more like that. Well, you know, know, because it would have been around this time, so they would have had to probably tie in the look of the series, much like Batman did. And look, that Krypton's all explodey, and it yeah. turned it turned all green. Because it's That's all gr- kryptonite now. Yeah, my home world is kryptonite. <laughs> da da. <laughs> lots of lots of explosions. Yeah, but he survives. Let's have a moment of silence for the good people of Krypton. You know, and it's just it's it's. This is the entire first episode. You know, the entire first episode was devoted to Krypton. In fact, I don't even think he appears in the Superman costume until the third episode, if I remember correctly. I think you're right. You know, well, we're we're going to find out, though. Yeah, we're going to look find- at all that Krypton just racing him. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't recall the uh, the wormhole thing, but I guess it makes a little bit of sense. Yeah, that was always something that I had a hard time with uh, in the comics. Was opening here are the end credits to uh, the uh, first episode, but you know the the uh, uh, how long he was in space and how long it had been since Krypton exploded. Mm-hmm. I was never real comfortable with the timing. Yeah, well, I mean, he supposedly didn't age in his craft, but Kara Zor-El's was a little damaged, right. so she did age. No, I get that. It was just you know how long you know, has light from the exploding sun of Krypton. Uh, arrived to Earth yet? <laughs> you know, you know I, they actually did that a couple months ago in Action Comics. Oh, really? That Superman was able to watch his planet explode. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Yeah, got, you could thank Grant Morrison for that one. Okay, I've got bugs on now. Now, okay. All right. So, you know, we didn't talk about it in the first episode. Uh, Shirley Walker's theme. Oh, love it. D- I, I, I really dig it. It's. I rank it right up there with the John Williams March. Really, I do. Yeah. I, I love it. It's it, and you know, I remember uh, uh, I was listening to an interview with one of the guys who the, the guy who did the theme for uh, oh uh, Dark Knight Returns. Oh, okay, and you know, he was like, you know, you know what a Batman theme's got to sound like. You know, there's a pedigree there. You you know what it's got to be. It can be different. You know, but it has to fit within what your expectation is of a Batman theme. And, you know, there, there is that, that, that decidedly dark note to a Batman theme, whereas Superman is hopeful, you know, and it does. It kind of sounds like a march. It sounds like, you know, uh, you know, it's patriotic. It is inspiring. And that's exactly what the Shirley Walker theme does. Yeah. And it's not the John Walker theme. And no offense to the John Walker theme, because I John do Williams. like the John Walker theme. John, John Williams. Williams theme. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, the John Williams theme. You know, I love the John Williams theme. And, you know, when I listen to it. I instantly go to Superman, but I do just as much with this theme as well. Yeah, I love it. I, I just think it's a fantastic theme. So right now we're getting a uh, recap of Krypton's explosion. In case you don't remember what we just watched. <laughs> <laughs> Am I not the repository of Krypton's knowledge? Should I not be saved above all? 
<laughs> you know, that that's probably why I enjoy watching this more as the movie. And if you've never seen it as the cohesive one structured movie, it really works well. Yeah. That way, you know, it, it you know, it's supposedly, oh, there was the blood on his lip. Yeah. You know, super. I don't remember it being in the first iteration of the Batman animated series, but once they went to Kids WB, you know, the, the animation studio just figured out that hey, you can have people bleeding out of their lip, and, <laughs> you know, and then you can have people bleeding out of their nose, and and one episode Superman bleeds out of his ear. <laughs> yeah. So they, they they went a little crazy on the blood. I remember. Okay, so here's the rocket ship. It's just emerged out of the wormhole. It's it's passing some dark structure in space. What could that possibly be? It's the moon. Oh, my God. There's Earth. <laughs> <laughs> and and we're, we're, you I, know, I don't know if I like to sit next to you in a movie. <laughs> you, you're that type of guy. Oh, my God. Don't go in there. Oh, oh my, she went in there. She oh, my God. <laughs> oh, he just crashed. Okay. So let's talk about Martha and Jonathan Kent. You so know, uh, Mike Farrell plays uh, Jonathan Kent, right? And Shelley Fabre and from Coach. And so Jonathan uh, Jonathan is played by B.J. Honeycutt from uh, <laughs> MASH. And I got to say, what an excellent casting that was. Yeah, absolutely. He does sound fatherly. Yeah, you know, and one thing I appreciate about the series is that both parents are still alive. Yeah. You know, I... I, I it, it's bad enough. Holy Christmas. Kill... <laughs> I think he's related to Luke Cage. <laughs> he might be. You know, it's bad enough when they kill Pocket, but when you kill both of them off. Yeah. Then, you know, I feel Superman loses a lot of his humanity and he frequently went back to talk to them in the series. Right. Yeah. I, I, and, you know, that's it, it's a it's a stark contrast between Superman and Batman. Batman doesn't have parents to go talk to. You know, yeah. Batman lost his lost his parents when he was a small boy. Superman gets his parents back, you know. I mean, that, that's 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 the the dichotomy between these two characters, and it's what makes them so profoundly different from one another. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I I dig that. I dig the the uh, parental relationship between uh, Clark and you know Jonathan and Martha. And so Shelley Fabre from Coach as Martha. Uh huh. I thought she was perfect casting too. No, I, you know, the casting on this entire series is pitch perfect. I don't think, you know, I we'll we'll talk about it when we get there. But Ed Asner is Granny Goodness. Oh yeah. <laughs> I I am tickled every time he talks or she talks. I mean, I, I was explaining to my wife last night about how Ed Asner plays Granny Goodness in this series, and she was like, "Ed Asner plays a woman." Yes. Yeah. <laughs> well, and again, we're talking about. Maybe not in the case. Well, yeah, probably even in the case of Ed Asner, characters who look like their animated counterparts. Yes, or who could play them? Because you know, in, when we're talking about Ed Asner, you know, hand in hand, Michael Ironside as uh, Darkside. Ah, mm-hmm. oh, perfect. Yeah. So we've jumped ahead. Clark is now a teenager. Lana Lang sitting next to him. I don't recall who played Lana Lang. Uh, I couldn't tell you either. I don't think she was particularly famous. Well, she should have been. Look at that skirt. <laughs> well, I mean, she was popular with the boys in high school. I mean, why, why Clark isn't, you know, all up in that? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Probably. No, I, I don't even know. <laughs> well, because, you know, man of steel, woman of tissue paper. You know, he didn't know all that yet. He knows that. He didn't know all that. Doesn't he know it? I mean, look, he's about to do x-ray vision. Well, he's 
you know, he can hear things. There's Pete Ross. Uh huh. See, yeah. See, he's see, he knows. He knows he has powers. All right, whatevs. <laughs> but yeah, she she's kind of a little Mary Janey there, don't you think? Yeah. Well, I mean, I mean, like has always had a little bit of a. I mean, she almost says, you know, face it, Tiger, you just hit the jackpot. <laughs> <laughs> she's always kind of had that thing going, I think. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, she's got the, the, the small town hot girl thing going on. Yeah. You know, I don't think uh, I don't think we've seen uh, Lana Lang in the new 52. Is that true? Yeah, I think you're right. I don't think I've seen her either. Yeah. Uh, apparently, Lana Lang was voiced by two people. Or I guess two different actresses at different points. Uh, Kelly Schmidt. Don't know her. And Joelle Fisher. Don't know her. I know Joelle Fisher. Joelle Fisher is, um, she's been in stuff. Oh, okay. So Kelly Schmidt voiced the teenage version. So the one we're seeing right now. The one we're seeing right now. Run, Clark, run! So this was, you know, this is his first superheroic deed. And, that's that almost, that, and he's super jumping right now. Mm-hmm. He, he's not super flying. He gets look at he gets those nice people out of that R- RV. Oh, but let the baby burn! Let the baby burn! <laughs> <laughs> You're a horrible person, Aaron. What? Well, it what? Just, it just seemed dangerous. <laughs> Joelle Fisher is the wife in Till Death. That TV show Till Death. I don't know what that is. Ah, it's Ah, Aaron. What? What is? I, what is Till Death? Till Death. It had um that dude from. Oh, is that uh, the one with Brad Garrett? Brad yes. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Okay. I know what that is. It was a Fox show, wasn't it? Yes. Yeah. All right. So getting stronger every day, Paul. Look, I just took this perfectly good piece of metal and twisted it. <laughs> well, that's not useful anymore. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Thanks a lot, you little fuck. <laughs> <laughs> so. um <laughs> You know, one of the things that, uh, you know what I've never been a fan of? What's that? Superboy, like, in in young Clark Kent to Superboy. Like, I never was a fan of him being a, 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 a hero when superhero. He, when he was a kid. Yeah, like, I've always, you know, I'm okay with, to a certain extent, the Smallville interpretation. that You know, he did it in, a, you know, jeans and a t-shirt. You know, he did some heroic deeds, and he was a good guy, much like this. But you know, actually being Superboy, yeah, you know that that seems you know that that's very much a a fifties sixties thing, I think. Yeah, and I, I don't know if it necessarily works as much in modern day. I don't mind it where oh, there's a rocket ship in the garage. Um, how, how did I never see this? Yeah, I, revision. <laughs> <laughs> Good point, Paul. <laughs> Maybe it's lead-lined wood, Eric. Maybe, maybe. <laughs> God, that's hysterical. Um, <laughs> but, you know, I I kind of like the interpretation where he was a costumed hero as a boy, but it was all in the 30th century. You know, it's where the Legion came, got him, they went and had their heroics in the future, but he was never a hero here. You yeah. know what I'm saying? In, in his teen years. I kind of dig that. Cause I, I enjoy those Superboy Legion of Superhero stories. Yeah, and I think they do one much later in the series, towards the end, if I remember correctly. They do a Legion of Superhero episode. You've activated the message, I am Jor-El. 
<laughs> I wasn't going to do the Lauren voice. Come on, Paul. I don't know if that's what you're Every, hoping for. Everybody expects you to do the Lauren. <laughs> I don't. Why? Because I play hair trigger. Uh huh. Yeah. Well, you're and you're a little ladylike. Yeah, a little bit, a little feminine. Yeah, a little bit. With the man boobs, the boobs, uh, as it were. <laughs> so we've seen this scene pretty much in every origin story for Superman, where he, you know, he comes across the uh, the tablet or the whatever, the crystal that shows him where he came from. Right. And um, you know, it, it this made it very clear that you know they it, it sent him to Earth intentionally. So, you know, Jor-El discovers before he launches his son into space that the, you know, rays of a yellow sun will imbue a Kryptonian with superhuman powers, right? Correct. I I would love to see a story where they talk about that in the science chamber, like, dude, why don't we set some colonies up on planets like this? You know, how cool would we be? (laughs) because <laughs> you know it wouldn't be a hey we have to depopulate krypton it could be we really ought to set up some uh some colonies you know because yeah, we'd, we'd, a, you know like an invincible well but i you know in the john byrne uh kryptonian universe the kryptonians couldn't travel off their planet you know because that always begged the question if they are a starfaring race if they can you know uh travel faster than light why aren't there other Kryptonians in the universe? And so John Byrne had posited that um, Kryptonians were tied to Krypton, you know, that their unique physiology wouldn't allow them to go for to, to travel off planet. And so Kal-El, uh, Jor-El had to do something to Kal-El in order to accommodate his son to be able to travel off planet. Yeah. You know, and I, which I guess could make sense. You know, I think, We've taken such a long break from stories set on Krypton because of the whole uh, Siegel Schuster um, right lawsuit lawsuit that you know now that that's relatively settled in, in I, I think we might get a little bit more hopefully we'll get a little bit more st- look at Krypton because it's been a while right you know this scene where uh, Clark is discovering he can fly I always imagine that. Uh, Music from the Disney Peter Pan. I can fly, I can fly, I can fly. (laughs) (laughs) You know, um, so the show is 17 years old at this point. You know, we're... God, Paul, you're old. (laughs) Crazy, crazy to think that 17 years ago. Um, But, you know... For, despite some very few things, like um, like that dog they were showing that was barking when he right. was flying above him, you know, other than very few things, the animation still works for me. Oh no, and you know, quality animation stands up year over year. I mean, look at you know the Disney stuff from the fifties. You know, yeah. I mean th- those those movies that they re-release time after time, those stand up because quality animation always will. Um, but I mean, this is TV animation, you know, which is, you know, TV animation very rarely holds up. You know, you try to watch, you know, we'll probably do a Ruby Spears Superman yeah. episode eventually. And I got to tell you, that'll probably be painful. I'm sure it will. But, you know, again, they weren't quality. I mean, these guys were reinventing uh, television animation. They were resetting the standards of what you could do on a TV budget. 
Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we had celebrity voices. Yeah. Right? We had um, a uh, full orchestra score. There's Lois. God damn it. Look at Lois. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, she's got that shorty skirt that uh, Clark likes so much. I mean, of course he's going to fall in love with her. Duh. Yeah. Yeah. So we've jumped ahead in time again. And look, there's Perry White. I, I and, just, and you will not hear him say, Great Shades of Elvis! You do hear Great Caesar's Ghost at some point, I think. And that's appropriate, but not Great Shades of Elvis. <laughs> Why is that not appropriate, Aaron? I had a problem with that on the Lois and Clark show. <laughs> <laughs> Even though I like the actor who played Perry White, I, uh, I Great Shades of Elvis just bothered me. And I think that for some reason they thought that was a better line than Great Caesar's Ghost. <laughs> Both well, you know, a little ridiculous for the time. No, not even. Yeah, I, I just prefer Perry White to say Jesus fuck. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I don't think that happened in this series. Yeah. Well, but maybe in the uh, straight to DVD director's cut. Yeah. You know, unrated director's cut of Superman the animated series. <laughs> now you know one of the nice t- uh, touches about this. You know, mild-mannered Clark Kent is not played to be an, an idiot. You know, he's he's not he is not the Christopher Reeve Clark Kent where he's tripping over himself. Clark you know, Kent actually seems competent. Mm-hmm. You know, yep. and I think that 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 did come about from the Richard Donner Christopher Reeve series. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I don't remember Clark being bumbling before that. Yeah, but you know, it definitely came after that. Yeah, you know, if, think about the uh, George Reeves Superman. You know, Adventures of Superman show from from the 50s. You know, that Clark Kent isn't a bumbling idiot. You know, mm-hmm. he's competent, very much like the Tim Daly Clark Kent. Mm-hmm. You know? Absolutely. And I think this was a callback to more of that classic Superman. Right. You know, and I'm sure these guys were fans of the Donner Superman, but you don't see it. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, it's it's. uh I think there are certainly aspects that that they they hearken into, but it is such a breath of fresh air. Yeah, and don't get me like wrong, Brian Singer movie. <laughs> yeah, there are parts of that Brian Singer movie I like. <laughs> I'm not, most, I mean, same here, same here. But mostly the music. Much, <laughs> he very much wears his love for oh, the Doctor Superman yeah, on his sleeve. Absolutely, absolutely. So yeah, Clark. You know, is shown to be a good reporter, which, you know, makes sense. You know, why would Perry White hire a bumbling idiot? That's right. And, uh, you know, officious laboratory guy, hands yeah. up his hip. So I was wrong. <laughs> it, I think it does, in fact, pop in in this episode. It's the Lexoskill 5000! <laughs> and, you know, I mean, have you ever seen a LexCorp uh, demonstration that went right? <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I don't know if I'd ever buy anything from LexCorp. Yeah, every time they're demoing some new technology, you know, there always seems to be some kind of ma- malfunction. Now, you know, this does build off of the John Byrne interpretation of Lex Luthor. You know, Lex Luthor as as corporate businessman, you know, as evil corporate genius uh, versus Lex Luthor mad scientist. Now, what's your favorite Lex? I got to say uh, John Byrne's uh, Lex Luthor is my favorite Lex Luthor. I'm with you on that. I, you know, I even enjoyed, uh, you know, where he clones his body and has his brain transplanted into his clone body. Yeah, I thought you that know? was pretty decent when I, he destroyed the Daily Planet. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I the the whole ninety eighties nineties run of Superman, I think, is just marvelous. 
I think it's probably some of the best storytelling we've had until Jeff Johns uh, wrote on Superman. Yeah, agreed. I mean, I think there's there's a gigantic void of decent Superman stories inside the, the regular monthly titles between the end of that fantastic 90s run to when Jeff Johns took over. Agreed. Absolutely agreed. You know, and I, I love Clancy Brown's voice. God. Lex Luthor. Let, let's just – Clancy Brown is fantastic whatever he's doing. Yeah, but, you, you know, know uh, I got to say, you know, much like Kevin Conroy – on uh-huh. Batman, you know they have cast other actors as Superman, and I've been able to buy it just fine. But I have not been able to buy anyone else's Lex Luthor other than, since hearing Clancy Brown's voice. Oh yeah, he he is he is Lex Luthor, just as Kevin Conroy is Batman. Clancy Brown is Lex Luthor. Yeah, and I can't even you know I, as much as I love Tim Daly as Superman, I can't even say that Tim Daly defined Superman because you know they recast him as George Newbern. Yeah, in Justice League, and I thought George Newbern did just as good a job. Yeah. But Clancy Brown, far and away. But far I gotta away. say, Dana Delaney is my lowest line. Yeah, I'll agree with that. You know? I mean, she had just an indelible mark on it. And the great thing is, uh, you know, I, I don't know if you watched that show of hers that she has on ABC, uh, Body of Proof, I think. Oh yeah, Body of Evidence. I haven't seen it, but I've heard of it. Well, you know, her, you know, while she's certainly, you know, aged, you know, it's been seventeen years, but her voice is just the same. She could still do uh, Lois Lane today. Yeah. I think she still does from time to time. So here, first appearance of Superman in the animated series. I remember being super excited, super <laughs> excited when when he first showed up. I was just ecstatic. You know, I mean, it, this movie just or this series, these first episodes just work so well as a movie. And the timing on it is really more movie esque and where it breaks. It's not just a clear episode break. You know, in fact, you know, the first episode. He was, you know, from the second episode to the second episode, he was still a baby. Right. And it cut to modern times in the middle of the second episode. You know, so it's not timed with the, the 21 minute intervals as, you know, as some other, you know, when you when you see movies cut from TV episodes, it's usually pretty clear. Right. But when you watch this one as a singular movie, it's not as crystal clear as where the episode cuts are. I just love how he just shoves the guys and their sky cycles into each other. <laughs> he didn't hit them. He just shoves them. <laughs> well, he, he's nice. And and he just expects that they've got parachutes on. You know? he, just, well, he was flying under just in case. <laughs> I just – he doesn't seem mad. And that's one of the nice things about Superman is that he often – it takes a lot to piss Superman off. But he just kind of flies up next to him, yop, 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 and then just shoves them into each other. <laughs> So if I remember correctly, is this John Corbin that we're seeing now? Yes. And he will, John Corbin, he'll eventually become Metallo. Yep, he will eventually become Metallo, voiced by Malcolm McDowell. Yeah. And I, in this scene, I always remember uh, him from Blue Thunder. Do you remember that movie, Blue Thunder, the helicopter movie? Yeah, yeah. And so, you know, he, he's the bad guy in Blue Thunder and Roy Scheider. Oh, end credits for episode two. See, it just cuts. It's not, yeah. you know. Yeah. Um, you know, Malcolm McDowell, I know he's an asshole, <laughs> but he is like one of my favorite things ever. Well, he I is. the he, hell he, out of some Malcolm McDowell. He is, and in that, in the Blue Thunder, you know, he he, he does the, we're going to follow my leader. <laughs> and he just, just, he cracks me up. He's I also remember. an actor. He's just. Now, I've got the shield up of Warner Brothers coming in to episode three. Should I pause? What am I doing here? Uh, okay, so let's go ahead and start episode three. If you're following along, we're going to start episode three. I'm going to scan back to Bugs Bunny. Give me a second. 
Okay, I've got Bugs Bunny now. Now. Okay. Okay, so we've started The Last Son of Krypton, Episode 3. Oh, that's right. You click play all. Don't I click did. play all, damn it. <laughs> well, it just seemed like since we we're going to watch all three, maybe play all would be the way to go. But uh, <laughs> perhaps Not that we're something... doing scene-by-scene commentary anyway. But, uh, but yeah, Malcolm McDowell's great. You know, I remember him from uh, The Cat People. Uh, oh, yeah. You know, where, where he... <laughs> You know, sleeps with a woman, wakes up the next morning, and he's still eating bits of her off the bed. (laughs) (laughs) You know, he's in a TV show, Franklin and Bash. I've never seen it. It's a lawyer TV show. It stars um, ah, that guy who's always with Seth Green, Breckenmeyer, and Mark Paul Gossler. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, my favorite part about it is freaking Malcolm McDowell. I just love that guy. I hate that he killed uh, Captain Kirk. Yeah, he's a bastard. Yeah, I, just, I, I can never forgive that. <laughs> well, I also hate the Halloween movies that he was in. All right, so we're recapping again. So where do just, they come from? Well, you're, you ain't from around here, kid. Where do babies come from? There you go. <laughs> <clears throat> Sometimes an alien falls in love with another alien. And then sends their kid to another planet. <laughs> so... No, but the last episode ended, Superman was uh, trying to get the Lexoscale 5000 from the uh, from John Corbin. I just, for a successful businessman, everything goes wrong every time. <laughs> and it's well, his own fault. So, like, where, how does he make money? What does he do? He's got to be in real estate or something. Well, we yeah. Don't see, we don't see his money-making things. So, you know, Last Son of Krypton Part 3, the airplane is falling out of the sky. It's got a wing torn off, and here comes Superman! Oh, I freaking love this scene. I love, you know, Superman stopping the plane. I just, I, the first time I saw it... And I don't think you can do it. The, oh, fuck, I tore the tail off the plane! Oh, God! <laughs> I should totally voice Superman. <laughs> I would pay to see that. <laughs> so now he's going to try it from the nose. You know, Superman, you know, tried it from the tail of the plane. Now he's going to take it from the nose of the plane. Save the window washer. Yeah. Oh, oh dear. Oh dear. Oh dear. Oh, oh. This doesn't look good. I, I see bad things. <laughs> I, you know, here comes the plane. Oh, look, it's going to hit us. Oh, my God. Run, run! I think it's just a voice everyone in this episode. Oh, she- oh, jeez! <laughs> oh, jeez! Because <laughs> Metropolis is in uh, North Dakota. That's right. Don't you know? <laughs> oh, oh, god! Oh, He's gotta so oh man! <laughs> oh, <laughs> <laughs> and you know, we're, we're crashing across trees, and Superman. He's just all he's all grit teething. Oh my god! Oh, and then you're out there in the paddle boat. Ah! Oh my gosh, jump! Wet t-shirt time. (laughs) And we make a wet and then a dry landing. Superman's putting on the brakes. They're on the ground. Oh dear, oh dear. (laughs) And a mime. Oh, you know, the mime, of course, is going to have to die. The mime, he's trapped in a box. Oh, I can't get out. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> so, you know, the mime is knocked out. Or dead. Let's just say that the mime is dead. <laughs> yeah. The collateral damage. <laughs> but it was a mime. Who really cares? And Superman doesn't even care. He doesn't check on that mime. <laughs> he just flies the fuck off. Well, look, the mime is back up. He's fine. <laughs> fuck that mime. That's what Superman's saying. Lois goes, nice S. <laughs> <laughs> I liked Jimmy Olsen in this series. I uh-huh. really dug Jimmy Olsen. I don't remember who voiced him. David Kaufman, who I have no idea who that is. Oh, yeah, Kaufman, yeah. That guy. Yeah, that guy. Schlagman. <laughs> He's the Nietzschean fantasy ideal all wrapped up. He was the voice of Marty McFly on Back to the Future, the animated series. There was a Back to the Future animated series? You don't remember the Back to the Future animated series? Apparently, I don't remember the Back to the Future animated (laughs) series. (laughs) We're talking about Superman now, so when we do our Back to the Future podcast. Back to the Future animated series with Aaron and Polly. (laughs) (laughs) No, that's what I don't even think is on DVD. There might be a couple of episodes on the Back to the Future DVD yeah. box set, the movie. Now, I love that uh, Clark's mom keeps a scrapbook of all of his uh, Superman-y stuff. Yeah. No one will think that's weird when they go hmm. over their house. And I just – I like that he goes to his parents regularly yeah. for advice, and they always have advice, like – Mom, Dad, I'm finding this guy with a Kryptonian heart. He's trying to kill me. What would you do? Well, son, <laughs> I've been in that situation before. Many times. And, many times. Well, back when I was in the Korean War and, you know, <laughs> my buddy Hawkeye and I. <laughs> <laughs> when I was married to the coach. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. See, that's, that's who they should have gotten as a. Uh, Pocket. <laughs> I don't remember his name. I'm drawing a blank on it. Guy too. from Poltergeist. Yeah, Everyone knows who we're talking about. Craig T. Nelson. Yes. There you go. How could you forget a name like Craig T. Nelson? Well, and you know he was also uh, the the captain in Star Trek Three, Captain uh, whatever the hell his name was. Oh yeah. You know, he, he captained the Excelsior. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Sykes. Um, yeah, it's really not relevant to what we're talking about today. <laughs> so Lois is a pretty nice car. Yeah, yeah. You know, I um, as part of my Superman collection, I bought the Superman convertible coupe. Did you? Yeah. It's the stupidest concept, you know, uh-huh. because, you know, does Superman really need a car? Well, he does when he loses his power, and that's why he has to have the Supermobile, which is crafted of Supermanium and duplicates all of his powers. I missed that one. You don't remember the Supermobile? I remember the Supermobile. I don't remember Supermanium. Superman, it was crafted out of Supermanium, which is a metal that Superman himself crafted in the heart of a star. It's a metal so tough that only Superman can bend it. Huh. Supermanium. Come on, Paul. Get with the program. <laughs> I, I, I will research. I, I will do some research on Supermanium. I have to say that when they first cut to Lex Luthor in that in that shot, I'm like, I don't know what he's doing. <laughs> You know, because it, it's kind of a naked shot, and you know, for, it, fortunately, it reveals that he is uh, getting a massage. But there's a moment where you think that he is in the act of coitus. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm surprised at some of the more adult 
aspects that they introduced in this show. Mm-hmm. You know, we talked about the blood earlier, but you know, then there's half naked Lex Luthor. Well, and you're getting a little glimpse, you know, up his yeah, uh, you can see upper there. thigh you right know, there. I'm I'm seeing little Lex. <laughs> <laughs> And it's important to note Lex is bald all over. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know they they gave him the the Telly Savalas look uh-huh. yeah. in the the series. Who loves you, baby? <laughs> I'd kill to see Lex Luthor sucking on a lollipop. Oh, it's the Superman's convertible coupe. <laughs> Clark does drive a pretty cool car. He does. Okay, but you know, in the toy. It flips over and he can turn into Superman uh, in the car. I don't recall that happening in the series. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, do you remember the first time the Daily Planet had the globe on top of the building? Has it? I don't remember when that started. Uh, it was prior to. Uh, it's been in the in the comics forever, hasn't it? I don't know if it's always been that way. Uh, I think that's something you're going to have to research, Paul. I don't think I'm going to do that. I, 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 it's an assignment, and we'll need it. Uh, we'll need your response on that for the second episode. The second episode that we're recording right after the first episode. (laughs) How about the third episode? (laughs) Paul, your listeners demand that you have this researched in time for the second episode. I demand that the listeners research it. Have you noticed how much wasted space there is at the Daily Planet? (laughs) (laughs) Do all news... Places, news places, newspaper buildings have libraries like that. I'm Gigantic sure. libraries with huge vaulted ceilings. Yes, Bibbo. I love Bibbo. I'm gonna give you some of that soda cola. <laughs> Bibbo was a product of the '90s. I don't. I haven't seen Bibbo in ten years. Yeah, you have. You certainly haven't seen him in the new Fifty Two. No, but you know he's got those club ears. He's Popeye, essentially. He is. He's Pie Pie. <laughs> he's Pie Pie. <laughs> and and I love that they you know. He's fat, so we have to accentuate that by having his sweater not cover his belly so that we get to see his uh, his belly button there. Yeah. Be- yeah, because that's classy. Bibbo's yeah. classy. Bibbo's a classy guy. That's why the ladies love the Bibbo. Yeah, oh, yeah they are all about the Bibbo. Lo- Lois is there for a rendezvous. Uh-huh. She's going to lick his belly button. I think that's what, yeah. well, what's she's gonna, about to happen. She's going to put her finger in it. <laughs> Somehow that's worse than looking at <laughs> Bibbo, take this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, this is payphones. Uh-huh. That's how you know it's old. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't been able to, you couldn't find a payphone to save your life nowadays. Yeah, you're a dead man if you need if you need a payphone. <laughs> yeah. If your cell phone dies, you might as well just give up life. Hey, soda. And Bibbo can't be trusted. That's right. So instead of, of calling Kurt Kent, <laughs> he, he buys himself a soda. Because he's a bastard. Yeah. That Bibbo. Soda Cola. It's the drink of Metropolis. <laughs> Fago. Fago Cola. <laughs> I like the Fago there in Metropolis. Mmm, Fago. It's Malcolm McDowell. <clears throat> Careful, woman. He's going to bed you. Oh, yeah. And then eat your bits up you know, in the morning. <laughs> I you know I, I enjoy that uh, you know Lois really kind of has a uniform you know it's always the the little short pleated white skirt yeah you know you which very rarely see her in anything else yeah it, it works for her don't get me wrong I'm not complaining that sounded creepy 
I, you know, I, I, I'm sorry, you know, Lois is hot. <laughs> you know, and I know they did that to, you know, to give her a uniform look. Uh-huh. But to a certain extent, I, you know, I, I know it's a cartoon thing, you know, but people don't wear the same clothes every day. Paul, I've yes. never seen you not wearing the same clothes every day. <laughs> I'm different. I'm not Lois Lane. I can't. I can't afford more than one outfit. Lois Lane. You look surprised winning. Look at all that wasted space there at the planet. There's no one even using those. Tests. I know. Why do they need all that space? <laughs> I mean, I you know this was of course back before the internet was big. So you know, I, I'm sure that if we saw the Daily Planet today, it would look like you know a storage closet because you know really. <laughs> Yeah, it, it would be a laptop. Buy, who buys a newspaper anymore? Yeah, the Daily Planet is really just a laptop from someone. <laughs> at okay. So run off to save the day. Lois has been kidnapped on the uh, the boat here. And because Bibbo is a bastard, no one. Well, Superman knows. Superman's coming. He'll be there. He's going to save her. I, I never noticed how much purple they used in this show. A lot of purple. And, you know, Lois has kind of purpley eyes. Yeah. Oh, oh God, don't shoot. Oh. 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 Now, this is one of those things that kind of drives me crazy about Superman. Uh-huh. He's super fast, right? You know, he was yeah. able to burst through the ceiling from the time that the gun that the trigger was pulled. He burst through the ceiling and stands in front of Lois to deflect the bullets, right? Yes. He should be able to move super fast and just disarm all these guys, you know, as opposed to standing there catching bullets. Yeah, well, he probably could have uh, also gotten Lois off of the boat before anyone noticed. Yeah, uh, it, but, you know, like, but then he wouldn't have been able to do that. Throw the bullets super fast. That, that was cool. And that is cool. And But it just seems like there's a whole lot of guys acting at normal slow speed that if Superman just was smart and took care of business fast, you'd never have all of these complications. Well, you know, I think with Superman, you have to kind of do a selective depowering. You know, Superman I, has his powers when he needs them and when he... When the story dictates that he shouldn't <laughs> be super fast, then he just n- moves normal speed. Because otherwise, the show would probably be about 30 seconds long. No, I, you're right. But, I mean, it, I need a better explanation of to why he's not more strategic in the way he you know, intercedes. Well, I think he's trying to avoid violence at first, right? I think he's trying to talk to them first. Well, that just seems silly. Well, you know, it's Superman. He's got to do the right thing first. He's got to talk to them. Now, what do you think of the uh, Lexoskel? Do you like it? I think the Lexoskel is awesome. I, I need a Lexoskel figure. I don't, I'm surprised there's not one. Considering they tried to, uh, you know, again, much like we said earlier, the show had some merchandise. Yeah. But I don't recall there being that terribly much. It was mostly, you know, there were probably like, 12 figures and eight of them were Superman. Yeah. In different costumes. Like, I don't remember a Lexoskel. I don't even remember a Brainiac toy, honestly. I'm sure there was a Brainiac one. And I know there was a Dark Side one. But, and I know there was a Lois Lane because I have the Lois Lane. Oh, yeah, you did. Y'all. <laughs> 
But, uh, you know, I don't recall there being a Lexoskeleton. I would have bought that toy. Well, I would probably buy it now, 20 years later. <laughs> this is, you know, this is really the show where the that animation studio kind of grew up even more than Batman. I mean, you know, with Batman, the stuff was great. Yeah. But, I mean, these explosions and the fire. Well, and just... They're 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 doing a beautiful job animating the cape. Yeah, I mean this this particular fight sequence is probably where they saved all their money for. Is what they mm-hmm. saved all. Their oh money. yeah, yeah, because there's a there's a lot of animation going on here, and there's yeah. there's a lot of fresh new cells, and uh, I I'm I'm really digging how much you know you're getting to see Superman work. But you know you're absolutely right, particularly in these action sequences. There's a lot of dust on the print. Yeah. Yeah, so earlier when you saw the uh, the dog that looked kind of like a fox, yeah, they were saving money for this sequence. <laughs> I mean, look at that. I mean, you've yeah. got the the flames and it's kind of smoky. Yeah. Oh no, the Lexoskeleton got behind me. Oh god. How did I not see that with my X-ray? <laughs> oh my god. I, oh god, it's got me behind my. Oh, they're slinging me a boot. <laughs> <laughs> just they really i mean the fight sequences are just fantastic yeah they really are and you know you you crunch superman up in the police car and then you throw the police car well and and then you launch a bomb at him or you missile him okay that's got to kill superman right and the building (laughs) falls the fuck down on superman's (laughs) got to be dead right shortest series ever (laughs) oh and then he's he's setting the burning building on fire again Yeah. yeah It's overkill, but, you know, you're just going to make sure that this is not going to be the Superman at Oh, what the hell's that under my foot? Oh, hell. Oh, hell. <laughs> How did Superman survive all that? That can't be good. Things are all sparky and whatnot for John Corbin up inside that uh, Lexo skill. That's why you never buy. Le- that's why you never buy anything Luther Corp puts out. Yeah. It's shoddy material. Yeah, yeah. Look at that. Look how easy that yeah. shit is. Yeah, he just comes right apart. Look at that. Gah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm going to get you with my stumpy arms. Gah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Superman just is taking this damn thing apart and letting him fall off the edge of the building. Come on. Is he gonna, he's teetering. He's teetering. What are you going to do there? Go. And then Superman. Superman's a dick. He just blows him over the edge. <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> you know. He knows there's a human inside there. He doesn't know the Lexo suit will protect him. <laughs> well, and I think you would have to assume that it won't protect him, <laughs> given the nature of the technology. Uh, oh, look, there are subtitles. I guess when was the last time there was some dialogue on the screen? <laughs> <laughs> and that that was one thing that I'll say um, that I wish they had, you know, the, the focus on action with these Superman shows, basically, you know, in a 21 minute episode, roughly what it ended up being was you'd have about 10 minutes worth of story and then 10 minutes worth of fighting without actually dialogue. I mean, that was kind of their structure for a while. Yeah. And you know, those are kind of my least favorite episodes. Now this scene where Superman's hovering outside of Lex Luthor's window. Yeah. Perfect. Oh yeah. And the scowly face and perfect. Yeah, this is absolutely just, you know, the, the the initial, the first confrontation between the two. Now, you know, in an, in an Elseworlds story, wouldn't it be cool for Superman just to, you know, laser him down with heat vision here? 
and just call it done. <laughs> but he doesn't. He doesn't know it was Lex. I mean, he does. He's he knows enough. I think he knows enough to warrant killing him right here. Look at all the dust in the background. Those aren't twinkling stars, people. Yeah, that's just dust on the print. Yeah, it's a shame. It really is. I the uh, they, they really need to clean this up. But it's. I mean, I, that stuff costs a decent amount of money. But I, I would. I would I, absolutely be first. They're gonna line. have to do it at some point because everything is going HD now. I yeah. mean, it's only a matter of time before they even stop broadcasting the the analog signals. So, uh, I, they're gonna have to. Yeah, I'm, I'm. You know, I'm surprised that it's been. It has been since this series came on that we have had a Superman animated series. Yeah. So what? Well, you've had you've had the Superboy show, Superboy and the Legion of. Oh Heroes. yeah, you're right. I forgot about that one. I mean, I don't really characterize that as a Superman, but you know, I think other people would. But even then, that was a while back yeah. too. And you had you had the Justice League, which yeah. featured Superman quite often. He's part uh, of an ensemble cast, but yeah. I think you know trying to get a grasp on Superman has been not easy for for them. Yeah, you know, it was an ongoing series, you know, because I. You know, and I would oh. say because they did it so perfectly here, but you know, what, they what's, did this, it with- what's this in space, Paul? Uh, uh. What's going on out in space? I mean, we've been in Metropolis all this time. There's something. Oh, oh, oh! What's that? That looks familiar. It's some kind of probe with three spheres on it that reminds me of Brainiac. Oh, and it's getting all wiggly and blowy and explodey, and there's tentacles. Oh God! Oh God! <laughs> So you know, this is where we got some alien blood in the very first up in the yeah look uh-huh. goo alien blood and and tentacles and tentacles yeah oh yeah brainiac systems activated. I wonder where he's going. Where do you think he'll go? <laughs> <laughs> so you know, that's the end of Last Son of Krypton. Yeah. Again, it works so well as one cohesive. It really does. It really piece. does. You know, I, like I can't imagine watching any of those episodes singular. Yeah, you know, it's funny. We were mentioning Brad Garrett. Brad Garrett actually voiced one of the characters in this show. Did he really? Yeah, I just saw it pop up on the screen. I didn't see who, but let me rewind and I'll tell you. Yeah, Brad Garrett was Bibbo. No shit. Yeah, Bibbo. Yeah, look at that. Jason Marsden, teenage Clark Kent. Yeah. Very good. Yeah, I, I think this. I, I got to say, I, I, as as much of the animated series, uh, I believe does this stands up. Yeah, you know this stands up. So, Paul, any final thoughts before we wrap up Last Son of Krypton? Well, just a brief <clears throat> mention that you know Superman the animated series is available now on DVD in multiple iterations. You can buy it in the season box sets, or there is a complete series uh, seven disc edition, which is what I picked up. Um, and what, you know, we're using those DVDs to watch these. Um, I think next episode we're we're going to go for a bit shorter. We're not going to do a, a three episode piece. Um, we're going to, rec- we're going to, um, talk about the, the next episode in the series, which is fun and games. Um, it the is first the first appearance of toy man, right? The first, yeah. The first appearance of toy man in the series and Bruno Mannheim. So it, it actually has a, a large, bit of uh, mythology that it introduces in that first episode that you know we'll be talking about in future episodes so i think even though we're not going to do every episode of the series um i think it's a good episode to 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 continue our conversations absolutely and you know we're we're going to be talking a lot about superman the animated series because paul and i've got a lot of love for that but we're going to be talking about you know 
Superman and the other media. We'll talk about uh, you know the, the the Richard Donner films. We'll talk about other animated series. We'll talk about some of the other animated features, um, comics, possibly novels, the whole bit. So you know if there, if there is a bit of Superman media that you would like us to talk about, give us a call at the Ideology of Madness hotline nine seven two seven six three five nine zero three, and uh, feel free to ask us a question or leave us a comment. And if we use your voicemail on the show, you'll win an Ideology of Madness surprise. The wife screwed me pretty hard last night. She, uh, not I, in a good way. Not good. Not no. Not in the way you'd like. <laughs> but uh, I was at the office late, and uh, she had a had a meeting, and so we were both going to get home around eight thirty or nine. And so, you know, I said, "Well, what do you want to do? Do you want to just eat dinner on our own, or do you want to, you know, just eat late?" She goes, "Yeah, let's eat late. All right." So she's still in her meeting when I left the office at about nine. And so I said, you know, call me when you get in the car and we'll coordinate dinner. So she calls me and I'm already home, right? So I haven't stopped and picked anything up because we haven't coordinated that yet. And so she calls me from the car and she's like, yeah, you know, I don't really want dinner tonight. So uh, just get something there at the house. And I'm like, God damn it. Because <laughs> there's nothing here at the house. I mean, there's just not anything you can quickly put together. Yeah. You know, you need to plan that stuff a little yeah. bit. Yeah, and I'm just—it's like I think I guess I'll have some crappy sandwich. You know, I just, I was, <laughs> oh, son of a bitch! I was pissed because <laughs> you wanted Mexican. Well, because I wanted you know a dinner, not just you know whatever I could scrounge up like I'm a homeless guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. If you <laughs> like, I'm a homeless I don't, guy. I don't, I don't know how to respond to that. <laughs> I'm gonna get the case of the game real quick. Hold, hold on a second. <laughs> so that was how I felt about that. <laughs> Good to know. <laughs> oh man. So yeah, I went to I went to bed a little angry last night. Just had, I got screwed on dinner because I really had nothing real to eat at all yesterday. I had I had a banana in the morning. And they brought me two pitiful tacos at lunch because I couldn't leave my desk. And uh, then I had the this this you know homeless man you know ghetto sandwich <laughs> yesterday. It's, I think I think you have a I think you have a misconception of what homeless people. Eat. <laughs> I mean, really, I think the, the the lesson learned here: don't fuck with Aaron when he's hungry. Oh. <laughs> when his when his blood sugar gets low, watch the fuck out. That's, that is true. That is true. I've been known to go off. All right, let's talk about this bad boy. So, um, how do you want to count us? In? Hey, can you count us in there? I well, you know, this is a special supplemental feature to Superman with Aaron and Polly. How about oh, you know how what? About, this how about? Oh, go ahead, Paul. I was going to say this is perfect because I can actually announce the contest that we that I didn't know what we were going to do <laughs> when we first recorded. Uh-huh. So now I can actually talk about it. Um, remind me at the end of the show. <laughs> okay. All right, well, hold on. <laughs> First, let's start with Welcome to Funny Games with Aaron, Paulie, and Andrew. <laughs> funny Games. Funny Games. A special supplement to Superman with Aaron and Polly. Indeed. So what the hell is Superman with Aaron and Polly? Because I did not get this memo, Jack. Oh, were, were you not on when we were talking about Special Project S? 
I've seen some tweets about it, but no one's ever told me about it. No. Well, yeah, I guess you were off playing soccer or doing some other type of early activity. I don't play soccer, Aaron. I sit in a comfy chair and watch other people play soccer. (laughs) Get it right. Yeah, whatever. I'm not athletic like you. (laughs) Well, if you had been listening earlier when Paul and I were reviewing uh, The Last Son of Krypton, the the three-episode arc – of the Man of Steel, you'd know what Project S is, or Super Superman with Aaron and Polly. It is our special time that we spend with Superman. Special time. Special time. <laughs> is there cosplay involved? We're going to get all up in his Fortress of Solitude. Mm. <laughs> that seems painful. It's all so icy. It's, it's my understanding that you guys are going to tack this on to your first episode of Superman with Aaron and Polly. Uh, so, what do you guys talk about in this first first episode? Paul. Well, okay. So the first episode of Superman with Aaron and Polly um, is actually a running commentary for the three-parter Last Son of Krypton, the uh, three-part pilot to Superman, the animated series. So I think, uh, are are they about to listen to that or have they already listened to that at this point? I think they've already listened to that at this point. And so this was, uh, is this only available on Netflix, DVD? I mean, where where do you pick this up? So if if the kids want at home, want to listen along. Um, well, I mean, you can. I, I wouldn't recommend the kids listen to it. However, um, <laughs> y- you can get uh, Superman the Animated Series, probably not on Netflix, but it's probably available with your iTunes streaming and other, you know, streaming uh, companies. But you know, now that they've got uh, Justice League and Batman Beyond, hopefully they'll start releasing, you know, uh, the Batman Animated Series as well as the Superman Animated Series. Because I did see that they've got the the Cartoon Network. Uh, uh, Batman, uh, oh gosh, uh, Brave and the Bold. Thank you, Brave and the Bold. Really? Yeah, yeah. I saw wow. that. I saw that last week. So you know, maybe it's just a matter of time before they add the others because you know Warner's is adding a bunch of their stuff right now. Oh, this is a little off topic, but just to interject, we're talking of streaming video media. I learned. Yeah, okay. I, I learned last week that if you you guys are familiar with Amazon Video, right? Yes. yes. I've learned that if you're a Prime member, there's a whole section of content you can get for free. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I did not know that. It's like their own little Netflix. Yeah. Right. So, and I did. I knew they. I knew you could rent and buy uh, digital content from them, but I didn't know that, that there was a section of free stuff for the Prime member. So I, I've downloaded that on my iPad and started taking advantage of it. So, so what do you see in there that you like? Well, you know, there's actually quite a few movies that weren't like at the top of my list that I had to see in theaters. I'm like, eh, it's free. I'll watch that. So, uh, you know, The Hunger Games was there. There's the uh, Justifieds on there. The Good Wife is on there for some TV series that I haven't seen. Um, it, you know, it's nothing like in like that I saw like, oh, my God, this is the best thing ever. Uh, but it's there's a lot of things that I missed or haven't watched from the beginning that I'm kind of getting caught up with. You know, they actually have the uh, the new Zombieland TV series pilot because they're starting to uh, invest in uh, original programming now as well. I did not know that. And it's on Amazon Video now? Yeah, the the pilot is on Amazon Video now streaming. Wow. I'm going to yeah. check that out. Who, who's starring in that? Um, I don't recall, but I mean, it, it's, it's, you know, it's a TV series based on the movie. Right. Um, tell, I think it essentially repeats the story of the movie, but, and, and I love the movie. Yeah. So speaking of video content, before we get into the reason for this, this add on to the initial episode, um, I want to ask you guys, did you see the new Man of Steel trailer that premiered this week? Oh, oh my God. Oh my <laughs> it, God. It was pretty awesome. Oh my God. 
I mean, now air needs air needs a clean pair of pants. Now. And I need I need oxygen. I mean, it, it, <laughs> it pull. I mean, it. Oh my god, it stole my breath. It was so fantastic. I mean, people who have been so cynical about this movie have actually come to the table and are like, okay, now I'm interested. Yeah, you know, the initial teaser didn't. You know, it, we talked about it on the show. The initial on Funny Books with Aaron and Polly. The initial teaser was eh, but then the the official first trailer came out, and now this new trailer. This new trailer just perfect. Was absolutely perfect. Yeah. No, I, I and seeing now, I I've liked all the teasers that we've had so far. I, I've not seen a trailer that I've not enjoyed. I, I I preferred the UK version of the earlier trailer than I did the uh, American version, mm-hmm. uh, just because I you know I liked the uh, the uh, you know the voicing of it. But I gotta tell you, this thing just looks awesome. And I know people mean, oh, I don't know about Zack Snyder. I don't think he can pull it off. I think this looks fucking awesome. It looks like it's a three-hour-long movie. I, I mean, so. <laughs> because you know they show it looks like a decent amount takes place on Krypton, and yeah. I didn't think that they were going to go that route given the whole you know, lawsuit stuff. Yeah, but you know the 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 Krypton stuff looks fantastic with Russell Crowe, and then you've got the it looks like his introduction to Earth and all that, and it just it looks amazing. I, this trailer just knocked it out of the park, and also had the first uh, I guess actual music from the film. Yeah. Which uh, I, you know, the, I guess I, I don't know if that's the new Superman theme that's going to be done by Hans Zimmer, but I enjoyed it. It's very, you know, like rousing score. Well, I will say that I am uh, tired of the very minimal uh, soundtracks that we've had in Superman movies and, and superhero movies lately. Mm-hmm. You know, the the very just understated Dark Knight score. While it works for the film, it's not very enjoyable to listen to on its own. Um, no, and I don't I, think it was designed to be listened to. On. It's not. It's not. It was designed to support the film. But you know, the the scores for the uh, Marvel movies have really been unremarkable. You know, and I, I'm I'm really hoping that we get some kind of nice march or a fanfare or something that that we can enjoy on the Superman movie because really this the Superman character kind of craves that he needs that sort of uh, of, of majesty in in the music. So I'm I'm hopeful for that. Well, and I haven't listened to the Avengers score on its own, but it, was that not? I'm trying to think back, but what were there a few good uh, kind of rousing numbers in there, that? There are a few notes that I enjoy in that, but there's nothing that you're like, "Ooh, that's the Avengers." You know, there, there's nothing just really powerful that, that you'll walk away from it. You know, because they just don't write scores like that anymore. No. You know, you know uh, when John Williams, you know, it, if he's not doing it, it doesn't seem like you get it anymore. Well, and for those who are curious, Man of Steel comes out in theaters on uh, Friday, June 14th. Yeah, very exciting. And I will be there. I mean, if, if they have showings on June 15th at 10 p.m., then I'm going. If they have if, it, if they only have midnight showings, then I'll wait till Friday morning. But, oh, Paul. But if they have a 10 – oh, just because. But if they have the 10 p.m. showing or 9 p.m. showing, I'll go <laughs> 10 or – I'll go then. The words I heard you say that you didn't say was just because – I'm old. <laughs> so it, it it's only two weeks until Iron Man 3 hits. Correct. Ah, We'll be seeing that together in St. Louis for Fear of the Con 6. We will. And then a week from yesterday, uh, I guess this coming Thursday, the 25th of April, is the uh, nationwide one-night-only two-part Star Trek The Next Generation, uh, was it Best of Both Worlds? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's the name of the episode, yes, with uh, with the Borg and Locutus. Ah. Yeah, we all got our tickets for that too. Lots of stuff going on. Well, but, and, and I've already pre-ordered the Blu-ray. 
Nice. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, you know, but sadly, that'll just, all these things are going to drag us away from our couch where we've been spending the last couple of days playing Injustice Gods Among Us for either Xbox 360 or PS3, which is the reason that we are, you know, recording this uh, this extra bit to the show because game came out very Superman-centered um, storyline released from uh, NetherRealm Studios. Yeah, NetherRealm Studios and WB Games, uh, NetherRealm being the company, the developer behind uh, the Mortal Kombat series. Right. And so the story... Uh, if you are not familiar with the story as of yet, uh, features the heroes of the DC universe, Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman, all of them, traveling to an alternate reality where Superman has gone mad um, after the Joker has done has made Superman do something horrible to Lois Lane and Metropolis. Superman basically has uh, taken over the world and established his own regime, so it's the heroes of our reality fighting the heroes of the other reality. So I know I know you guys are you know we we spent a little bit of time before recording playing uh, multiplayer online. So what do you guys think of the game so far? Well, you know I uh, opened up my game about 45 minutes before you and I started playing. Paul uh, took it out of the the plastic and put it in, and you know played maybe 10 minutes of the story part, and already I'm sold. Uh, I, it's really, I very much enjoy it. The controls are really easy to work for, for someone who is, is, doesn't spend a great deal of time on Xbox. Uh, it's pretty, pretty easy to learn. I'm enjoying it a great deal. The graphics are beautiful. In fact, the only objection that I have so far is I don't care how they've animated Superman. I don't think his, uh, his graphics are up to the standards that everybody else has. I, I you know I just I, I just love it. It's the story mode is is so different. It, it, I am not a huge fan of the fighting game genre. I, I enjoy it from time to time, but I am not a diehard. So there, this may have been done before, but in the story mode, it very much runs through. You're in the story. It's being animated in front of you like you're watching a, a video, and then it just kind of seamlessly moves into the fighting game part of it. So you'll be watching the story develop, and you know a fight will break out between two two individuals and you're there controlling your guy and each chapter is based around a different person in the game so there's the joker chapter the batman chapter the aquaman chapter and you play in their shoes throughout that chapter and like i said it may have been done before it's the first time i've been exposed to it and and i love it it's it's an interesting fascinating um first person story part of a what is usually a genre based on multiplayer yeah and Paul, how long you finished the, the story mode? How many hours do you think's in it? Because I don't think it's that long. No, I think the story mode is probably between four and five hours. And um, I'll tell you, you know, I do play a lot of fighting games because I like any game that I could pick up for a half hour, play it a little bit, put it back down, and come back to it whenever I want. Um, and uh, you know, it, it's hard to find games like that nowadays. Usually, they're so centered on uh, cinematics and storyline that you know you, you get a half-hour cinematic before you can even play. And um, so, I like fighting games. I like racing games. And every once in a while, I do like to play a game that's you know between five and ten hours long. So this this fighting game, the way you talked about it, in that you know the the cinematics lead right into the fight. Um, was just fantastic. And the storyline of the game, the story mode of the game is probably between four and five hours. Um, that's not to say that there's not a ton of additional content because there's multiplayer missions, um, there's the multiplayer mode, and there's also what they call Star Labs, 
which is every character in the game gets their own um, series of missions. Either, you know, defeat a character within a certain amount of time, defeat multiple characters, or, you know, mini-games, things like that. And every character has multiple missions. So that a lot of content there. Um, that you and, and there's also downloadable costumes, downloadable characters. If you pre-ordered it, you either got the Blackest Night downloadable content or the Red Sun downloadable content. Plus Flashpoint to buy in the... Uh you know, in the season pack. Oh God! <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I just—I was overwhelmed there for a second. I'm so excited. Yeah, you can play Flashpoint, Aquaman versus Flashpoint, Wonder Woman. Yes. Did you have Boom. a Flashpoint in your pants there, Andrew? I may have. <laughs> I, I may—I may need a clean pair of pants. Um, I, you know, and I did not—I I pre-ordered mine through Amazon, so I didn't get either of those DLCs you mentioned, but. I am sure they are going to roll them out eventually down the road as uh, payable DLCs or oh, perhaps sure. with the season pass. So I'm uh, I'm looking forward to getting those down the line and picking them up. And go ahead, Aaron. Well, I, I went and picked up my game on Tuesday, and the guy behind the counter was overjoyed that I was that I was getting the game. I mean, he was so happy. He 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 told me he had played all night long. <laughs> and he just loves the game. And I mean, I've never seen somebody be so happy on my behalf when they didn't know me or or, you know, have anything invested with me other than just the sheer knowledge that I was going to get to experience what he experienced the night before. I, I he was just overjoyed. It was like it was like Jesus came again. <laughs> I mean, he, he just could not go on, and I'm just like, dude, could you just give me my game? <laughs> and but I, I get what he's saying because this game is a blast. And you know, if you've listened to Funny Books over the last couple of weeks, you'll hear uh, Wayne kind of shit on fighting games you know, week over week. And I, I got to tell you, this, this game's a lot of fun and I've only just started playing, but you know, the, the two hours we spent doing multiplayer stuff this morning was a hoot and a half. Yeah. yeah and that's, Oh, go ahead. Oh no, you go ahead, Andrew. I was just say one of the downfalls for fighting games for me, as I'm kind of more on the fence uh, with them that, than Paul is, is that I'll play them for a while and I'll get bored with them. Right. I'll, I'll, I'll just get exhausted. And usually in the difficulty level of these games, there's a point you hit where suddenly it goes from you're doing okay to you're getting your ass kicked repeatedly. And you, I always have trouble getting over that hump of uh, difficulty that, that used, I usually tend to run into in these games. So with this one, with, with the you know, first-person story mode, it actually keeps me engaged through the story. The Star Lab stuff I find interesting. And then sitting down with you know four of your buddies multiplayer with, with your headsets on, all talking shit. And we played a King of the Hill mode this morning. And so you have you know two people playing at once. You have the king playing the top tier rival, and the other people though can sit there and watch and comment on the other people's games. Yeah, which Plus, is nice. Can, yeah, which is great. You can sit there and comment and, and you know bust each other's balls, and you can actually bet experience on who you think is going to win. And that's kind of a hoot. I, that, that is a lot of fun. Yeah, I mean, the, if you are a fan of the DC animated universe, um, like Superman the animated series, Batman. I mean, the story itself, you know, they. Uh, an evil Justice League isn't really anything new, but the way it's told in this game is just so thrilling and so exciting. Uh, and the fact that they bring in George Newbern and um, Kevin uh, Conroy, Kevin Conroy, and the lady who voiced Wonder Woman, whose voice I don't remember, um, you know, and you've got all these voices, Adam Baldwin. I mean, they they really they really put a lot of effort into this game. And I so, swear to know, God, Terminator sounds like uh, Peter Weller to me. 
It might be. It really might be. I, I haven't looked up the cast yet, but you know, so you know, great job on my part. But I got to tell you, <laughs> so much like Peter Weller. Well, now, what do you guys think about? I have a question for you about this. Uh, have we've all read the Injustice comic running into the beginning of this? Yes, correct. I think for someone who did not read the Injustice comic, I don't know if they would be as immersed in the story as we are. Because when you see the run-up to how they get to where the fighting game starts, they definitely you know, lightly touch on it compared to the 14 issues of the Injustice comic book we've read to date. Right. Yeah. You know, and here's – so that is a good point because I am reading the Injustice comic book, and um, this will spoil the hell out of how that series is going to go. Absolutely. Um, and so, you know, just be a little leery that if you're playing this game, it's going to spoil the comic book for you. In fact, the current storyline of the comic is is very much spoiled about three quarters of the way into the game. Yeah. Um, what? And I think if you are someone who is going to play this game, I, I would absolutely insist that you read the comic book first. Yeah, because, you know, things that are only hinted at or mentioned at in the game, having completed the story mode, they talk about the events of the comic book. None of it is actually shown like it is in the comic book. Right. Um, and so the way they work together is just really great. And the fact of the matter is the comic is really damn good. Right. And in knowing what I, I know from the comic has made it a much more engaging story than I did. Because I, I, I could see myself sitting down not having been exposed to that and just being confused about exactly what's going on where. Yeah, I could see that. So with I mean, the uh, definitely supplements, and even if you're not a comic book fan, you can download the Comicsology app for your, you know, Kindle or your iPad, and get, you know, an issue a piece for ninety nine cents. Well, and, and if you pre order through Amazon, you can download the. They have a collection of the Injustice, and it's not all of them, but I want to say it's maybe. I want to say maybe it's probably about six issues of the digital comic combined, and and you can download it for free off the on Kindle if you pre order it through Amazon. Now, the events of the comic book are about five years prior to the events of the game. So I don't know how long the comic book's going to be, but it sounds like there's plenty of material well, and they've to been, lead up to the game. They've been real tight-lipped about how how long the comic is going to go. Yeah, I mean, I've you said in the past – go ahead. Well, I've just seen a couple of interviews, and they are not saying how, how long the comic's going to go. And it doesn't seem to be a thing about sales. It seems that there is a story reason why they're not going to talk about how, how long the comic goes. So now we've played different characters. Yeah. How much do you guys love Cyborg? <laughs> I haven't played him yet. Still not. Still not I've never. Much. I've never played him yet either. I I just have no interest in in Cyborg whatsoever. So <laughs> it's a playable said, character in the story mode. <laughs> are you sure? Yes. Oh damn. Did any of um, you guys read Justice League this week? No. Not yet. Okay, so there is a panel, and I'm not giving anything away, but you know somebody breaks into the Batcave and steals kryptonite, right? And so Batman's trying to figure out who it is, and Cyborg goes, "Well, you know, uh, you know." Uh, so, he tweeted this. Yeah, and you know, so 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 Batman says, "Well, do you think it could have been an android?" He goes, "No, it's a, it's about 180 pounds, clearly a human." And I'm just like, really, because you know. Nothing else could be 180 pounds. Only a human. My God, only a human could be 180 pounds. Cyborg's a moron. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> all that so hardware and no brain. <laughs> so who is your favorite character to play, Paul? Um, at this point? Yes. You, I, you, you've completed the story mode. You've played several hours of multiplayer. Who's your favorite? I, I've got to say it's probably between Batman and um, – Aquaman. Aquaman kicks all sorts of ass in this game. And I, I really love the way he controls. Uh, even Deathstroke. Deathstroke is actually pretty solid, too. 
Well, and I just love Aquaman because in his special move, a freaking shark eats you. <laughs> <laughs> a freaking shark. That is, it just comes out of nowhere. Well, though, he brings the ocean up and all of a sudden you're, you know, you're in water. You end up right. on the bottom of the ocean. And he just summons up a shark to, you know, eat you off the tip of his That's trident. Right. It's pretty badass. And I yeah. do like how stabby Aquaman gets with his trident. Oh, yeah. He's extremely stabby in this game. But Aaron, I think I can guess. But who's your favorite? You know who mine is. Uh, it's, just, it's Green Arrow. I really, rather like, I really rather like Green Arrow. You know, really. what else, you know what else Aaron likes? Crouching and punching like a fish. <laughs> <laughs> it, it works. <laughs> He's got that bow move where, you know, he spins that bow like a, a freaking you know, fan blade into your That's gut pretty right. well, too. I love that. Oh, that didn't seem to help against Deathstroke's bullets. Yeah, but. you know, or, or Green Arrow's uh, green machine gun. <laughs> you mean Green Lantern? Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. Green Lantern. Yeah, that, you know, and I really, I really like Sinestro. I, I really like Green Lantern. But I think I think my favorite, and, and I have, again, this may change as I play more. I think it's going to have to be uh, Wonder Woman for the moment. Because when she pulls off her special move, two of her Amazons show up, and you just triple team over your plate. It's pretty awesome. <laughs> uh, I mean, this game is just—I I can't recommend it enough. If you're a fan of Superman or the DC animated universe, well, I know or people are opposed to the portrayal of Superman. Oh my God, you know he did this. That wouldn't be something that Superman would never do. And you know what? It's an alternate universe Superman, and you right. still get to play as the regular universe Superman. Right. You know, you don't see that in the comic, but you see that in the game. So you're still getting your Superman in the game. Well, and right. I got to tell you that the thing that the, I think they have done the best in this game is the knockback. I mean, how you can knock from one stage to the other. Oh, the transitions, yeah. Uh, holy crap, that's amazing. There's that so scene, scene on the watchtower where you knock the guy through all the different you know, uh, uh, ships, and then you fall down the shaft, and the ship almost crushes in on you as it falls down behind you. I mean, it's amazing. Yeah, so let's, let's talk about that for a minute. Each, each map, and there's a lot of maps. I, I couldn't tell you how many, but there's a lot of maps. Each one actually is three parts. Yep. It, and the way you, you, you always start the first you know first part of it, and the way you get to the second and third part are through what's called transition points. And you can write on, on the Xbox, it's right button at the right point, and you can push them usually through some horrendous violence into a new section. Right. So like if you're at Arkham, uh, you can slam a guy into a cell where the Scarecrow is who injects you with his fear toxin. You hallucinate. And you uh, get slammed down into another level, and when you pop two, you're in a different part of the uh, uh, of the uh, map, to the second level. And I've actually never made it to the third stage of any of these maps. Have you guys? <laughs> no, no, no. I mean, it, it, throughout the game, sometimes you do, and sometimes it just goes back to the first stage. But the transitions, you know, the way they work are just really a lot of fun and clearly painful to whoever's going through them. And the the maps are extremely uh, interactive. Yes. There's there's things you can pick up and throw each other. There's, you know, you can hit the button and cause the jets engines to flare up, incinerating whoever's standing in front of it. Uh, there is just every map is just chock full of of interactive and destructible items, which I really enjoy. It's an awfully well designed game. Yeah, I think it's going to have a lot of playability to it. I mean, you know, once you complete story mode, there's still the multiplayers and whatnot. It's just a lot of fun. I mean, now, if you don't like if you don't like fighting games, to, to, to be fair, it's probably not for you. But if if you are a so-so fighting game fan like I am, but you like superheroes, I would I would go for it in a heartbeat. Yeah, 
Yeah, it just it there's just so much to really enjoy here, and it unlimited. I mean, I say unlimited, but really, there's just a good amount of content, and with downloadable content coming, all the you know, multiple download multiple downloadable contents already announced. There's just going to be a lot here to play going forward too. Yeah, absolutely. So before we leave, um, I do want to mention that as this is the first episode of Superman with Aaron and Polly. <clears throat> And Andrew, <laughs> <laughs> um, we have a little bit of a contest. So go to ideologyofmadness.com or leave a review for this on iTunes. Um, but, you know, comment on the show. Tell us what you think of the show. Give us ideas for future episodes of the show. Uh, just leave us feedback on this first episode. And uh, you will be entered into a random drawing to win um, one of the, the brand new, pretty rare, uh, Funko Pop Superman New 52 uh, figures. If you're not familiar with Funko Pop, they are the um, kind of the, the big head superhero figures. You see them sometimes at Barnes & Noble or in music stores, stuff like that. Uh, they're a lot of fun. And um, they recently released New 52 versions of Superman, Wonder Woman, and Batman. Yeah, and, those, uh, the, those Funko Pop figures are pretty nice. I, I, I've actually have been kind of eyeballing one of them myself. The figures? <laughs> yes, the figures. <laughs> figures. Um, <laughs> but yeah, you, 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 see, you see what I was doing there. Yeah, yeah, I, I caught that. So, uh, and, you know, like I said, leave a comment at ideologyofmanus.com on this episode or a review on iTunes. Let us know what you think of the episode and uh, you will be entered to win. Throw me still away on this, guys. On like... our inaugural episode. Yeah, I feel like the shit of Tiberian. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, y'all, you guys have a good one. Superman with Aaron and Polly is a production of ideologyofmadness.com. Superman is copyright DC Comics. Got a question or comment? Leave us a message on the Ideology of Madness hotline at 972-763-5903. If we use your voicemail on the show, you'll win an Ideology of Madness surprise. We are up, up, and out of here.